This is the Gallinach Masters Cycling Podcast. I'm Norman Blissett, your host for the show. Gallinach Masters Cycling is a global community of 50 years and older cyclists who support each other to love life through riding our bikes. Each week we share inspiring stories from our riders around the world, showcase great places to ride our bikes and give tips to help you get fitter, healthier and more confident on the bike. Welcome everybody to this recording of the Gallinac Master Cycling Podcast. I'm Norman Blissett, your host, and I'm delighted as always to have Chris Foggin, Coach Foggy, here with us tonight or in the morning as far as you're concerned. Foggy, how are you? Yeah, Kiora, and it is morning in New Zealand. I'm very well, thank you. R- remind us all where, where in New Zealand you are. Uh, I, I live in uh, or very close to a town called Alexandra which is right down in the south. It's central Otago. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, pretty south. Yeah, not quite as far south as you can get in New Zealand, but not not far off it. Oh, no, no. Uh, the, the sort of last point on the mainland is uh, is Bluff, which I've been to. And then the next point is Stewart Island, and then you're off to Antarctica. So, But we are pretty south. We're, we're, quite, yeah. we're about two hours from, two and a half hours maybe from Bluff. Yeah. And it's the summer there for you, as we've mentioned before in podcasts. So, yeah, oh, yeah, no, no, we're, we're, we're good, mate. Yeah, we're doing 20 odd degrees each day, 28, <laughs> that sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah, so for, for those who might be new to the podcast, um, I'm, I live in, although I'm obviously Scottish, I live in Kent in England, and this is just miserable time of the year. It's short, <laughs> very short days. It just rains every day. It is actually raining every day. It's rained every single day wow. for weeks on end. You get the occasional bit of blue sky, grey sky, grey cloud most of the most of the time. So, um, yeah, not not that great. So I'm very very envious of of anyone that's uh, in the southern hemisphere. But yeah, we probably it's probably. We're probably about as far apart as we can get on the earth. Not, not, not quite, but not far off it, Foggy. Yeah, I think in, in terms of yeah communication, yeah, I think we probably are. Yeah, thirteen hours difference or whatever it is at the moment, twelve thousand miles. Mm. Yeah, but just the the wonders of technology now that uh, we can just link up so so easily. So yeah, welcome yeah. everybody. We're we're this is going to be our last podcast of. 2020 we've got more lined up for 2021 uh, but yeah this is going to be our last one for for this year it's the 10th one that we've done we only started them in but i can't even remember when it was foggy can you remember it must have been the end of october mid-october something yeah, like that. Months yeah. Ago. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah so it's yeah huge amount <laughs> we've been very productive in in that in that short period of time so so for this last one we are we're going to we're going to to reflect on 2020 and the highs and lows just from our own individual perspectives highs and lows of this last year and what a year it's been uh, um, we'll try not to talk about covid too much but i suspect it's going to creep into <laughs> creep into our highs and highs and lows um, and we're also going to share our favorite ride that we've that we've done uh, so we'll, we'll come to that in a little while and i've also been looking at the stats on the facebook group just to see who has been contributing how much people have been contributing it's amazing how much some people have been contributing to the group so i'm gonna we're gonna pick out the top three and give a special 
shout out to the person that's contributed most to the Gallinac Master Cycling Facebook group. So does that sound okay, Foggy? You okay with Absolutely. all that? Absolutely, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So what you, I know you've been away at getting some good rides in over the weekend, so tell us about that. Yeah, we were really lucky to have a weekend away just um, back in Mackenzie country, um, riding sections of uh, what, what is deemed the Alps to Ocean Trail. It's, it's, I'll bring it up later in terms of what that's all about. But we um, we decided to go and ride on Saturday just to um, – uh, it's, it's, it's pretty much off-road, most of it. There's a little road section just around Lake Ohau and up to the high point, which is Tarnbrae. Um and just just to see the extent of uh, of the damage that had occurred around there with these massive um, wildfires that had happened, it's just incredible to see. And the people that uh, they were woke up in the middle of the night, the little the little tan, tiny uh, village in in Oahu, the people that were there um, were woken up in the middle of the night with the you know two minutes to literally save their lives. And um, actually, riding that section uh, proved that. It, it must have been one of the most frightening things for people to go through. Um, a mile after mile after mile of burnt scrub, burnt trees. Some houses survived, some didn't. Um, the trail has actually been fixed up again, so you can get through, which is which is quite cool. Uh, no one, no one was uh, hurt, uh, seriously hurt or died. They were really, really lucky. And then the second day, Sunday, we, we, there's a new part to that trail that just opened, which takes you completely away from. Um, um, a, a road section so it takes you off road now around um from a place called uh, sailors cutting round through to uh lake benmore dam uh, it's a spectacular piece of um piece of countryside i think i shared it on uh Gallinac actually just just that bit of ride so yeah we had a really good weekend away riding um and then landed back to having to do some work stuff on monday <laughs> yeah the harsh reality of a monday morning after a good weekend yeah. away I know, I know the feeling. Yeah, well, I, I, I actually got out for a bike ride. I've been doing a lot on the awesome. turbo trainer, so I actually managed to get out. I eventually got out on the Sunday early, early afternoon, and I went out because it's been so much rain. It's around here, and it's so muddy and mucky. All, you know, all the roads, and there's lots of little narrow lanes that I tend to go on. Yeah. So I actually went out on the cross bike rather than my road bike, just with the the kind of slightly wider, grippier tires um because i thought the last thing i want is to go out and you know come off and uh, you know hold it in mud and you, you know yeah. what around farms uh so yeah went, went out went out and i ended up going out for three hours last half hour we're in the in the in the dark it didn't it, it didn't really rain amazingly when i was out but cool. yeah it was fantastic it's just such such a joy actually to get out even though you yeah know, even though it's not that not that great in terms of of weather but i did i I did get a puncture somewhat inevitably, but thankfully it was only about a quarter of a mile away from where I lived. You know, you just get that when you're cycling along and yeah. you just you just feel you just feel like what's going on in that back wheel and anything, ah, puncture. But as I say, thankfully it was it was pretty close to home. So I just jumped off and walked the last last bit. But um the joys of riding in the winter. Oh yeah. Well yeah. even summer, mate. I got a I got a pinch flat up on uh Tom Bray. I was coming down it's quite. It's a bit rocky in places. We were on the gravel bikes and went through um, a creek, and you know, normal technique to ride through a creek. But I, I felt the front wheel go hit something hard under the water, um, or something just you know off centered under the water, and then came out the other side. And of course, there you go, pinch flat. So stuck up on the side of this hill, sorting out the. Um, and the good news was, 
Um, I've had a couple of failures of late with the canisters of air. Yeah. Um, my old valve wasn't working, and so I bought a new one. Uh, and it, yeah, awesome. It worked really well. So I was able just to get a canister of air into the tire, and which which was perfect, and didn't have to use the pump or anything. So, so that was quite pleasing. Yeah, they're good when they when they work. I mean, I've not used them for yeah. a while because I've switched to tubeless. But I I yeah. I, I actually I, I had an inner tube in the in the rear wheel on my cross bike. The last the last time I've been out on it. Um, I, I ended up. Fun. I think I talked about this. Well, I ended up. It, it was it was incredibly muddy, um, and everyone yeah. that I was out with was was on a mountain bike, and I was on a cross bike, and I, I I kept upright amazingly, but I was all over the place. So I let some air out of the tires, um, but I let a little bit too much air out of the back tire, and it just like the, all the sealant came out. It just kind of gave way. So I had to put. I thankfully yeah. I had a an inner tube and in, I put it in there and I just haven't, I hadn't got round to replacing it. So mm. somewhat inevitably it punctured on that ride. But as I say, thankfully right at the end and not halfway through. Um, okay, so oh, we, yeah. Yeah. we are going to look at our highs and lows of 2020 fog. Let's, let's, let's start with uh, lows so we can at least finish on oh, the highs. Get, them out, so, yeah, get, them, get <laughs> them out of the way. Get them out of the way. So a kind of reverse order of your your, your, would you call it your top three or your bottom three? I don't know. But in the reverse order of your three lows, tell, tell us what the, the first one. Okay, so, yeah, this is re this relates to my number one, which I'll get to. Um, but I, I've, um, I've this year missed out on um, on riding uh, the velodrome. So and it, it's not a massive low, I guess, in terms of uh, the whole scheme of things in the world, but just the way that it's panned out with um, the restrictions of travel with COVID, I've not been able to get to um, uh, to the velodrome, uh, which I would normally do with work. Because uh, it's, it's a work that obviously my my office for for my main work is is in a velodrome. So, um, yeah, so that's been a bit of a low is not getting out on there, uh, if you can call it a low. <laughs> yeah, well, I, yeah, I I did think about the velodrome because this, this will be the first year in about seven years, I can't remember, something like that, that I've not ridden my track bike at all. Because usually I do, we're quite lucky around here. We've got the Lee Valley Velodrome in, yep. in um, uh, Stratford, I was going to say Richmond, in Stratford in, in yep. London, which was the 2012 Olympic Velodrome, which is the most amazing, right. amazing place. Yep. Have, you, have, you, have you ridden there? No, I haven't. Yeah. I, I know of it, but I haven't ridden there. Yeah, it's just a fabulous place to to cycle. But we've also got Herne Hill Velodrome uh, as yeah. well, which is which is where they held the the nineteen forty eight, I think it is nineteen forty eight Olympic um, track cycling was at was at Herne Hill. It's an open air velodrome, and they a few years ago they 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 managed to raise some money and resurface the the track there. That's a um, I don't know if it's a tarmac or some anyway, it's a kind of road surface. It's a 450 yeah. meter or so track, so it's pretty big compared to the usual 250 indoor track. But yeah, it's just a, it's a, you know, both of these iconic velodromes. Uh, so yeah, it's going to be the first time for uh, quite a few years I've not been able to do that. So I share, I share in your misery. Uh, um, and if I if I thought more <laughs> deeply about it, I might even added added that into to mine. So it's definitely. Uh, sorry, it's definitely a uh, first world problem, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's is, isn't it? <laughs> Um, 
but we live in the first world, so we're entitled to our problems, yeah. aren't we? Yeah. Um, so yeah. So. so my so mine is um, yeah. Covid has to come into it, doesn't it? So so mine is Covid just wiping out pretty much everything in terms of of events. So I I had trained really hard through like last year through the winter. Really looking forward to racing, getting events in. Got one race in in March, in the beginning of March, um, and then that was it. And the, there were there were some towards the end of the summer, but I just I just uh, I didn't I didn't do any. So I just yeah that that's that's yeah. that's been quite tough because I've done races and events for quite a few years now, and I just you know you get into that cycle where you train during the winter and you look forward to it and. And then it just doesn't happen. So I've kept training and I've kept fit, but I feel I've lost a bit of direction through it all. So I'm, and I don't, I can't see us getting into races again until well into the spring, um, this coming year in 2021. So I just, I'm just yeah. going to have to be patient, and yeah. you know, and same for everyone else. Mm. Oh, I guess so. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. what's your what's your number your number two? Well, I guess, I guess it's yeah, it's kind of related to the whole the whole year has been um, disrupted. I mean, we've been really lucky. Uh, in, in New Zealand have dealt with this very very well. Doesn't matter what your political standpoint is, it's actually been um, incredible what we've managed to get away with. Um, but a, a bit of a low light for me is that I've obviously and first world problem is not being able to travel to do as much coaching um, in terms of looking after the coaches that I look after. So um, I, I had to cancel probably four coaching courses this year uh, and a whole bunch of workshops where I would have been able to deliver a lot of professional development to uh, coaches, commissaires, um, athletes, and um, parents of athletes as well, parents of young riders. So that, that was you know, it was a bit, it wasn't, you know, it's not the end of the world, but it was a bit of a downer in terms of not being able to get that message out there that we'd normally be doing um, year by year. I'm just hoping it'll pick up next year. So, yeah. 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 So, so my, mine is that I, one of the things that I do is I'm a trustee of a big cycling venue called Cycle Park, which is just to the east of London. Um, near, if you, if you know that part of the world, it's in near Gravesend, near the Dartford, Dartford crossing. Right. And it was, yep. it was built following the 2012 Olympics because they rebuilt a whole lot of um, infrastructure, cycling infrastructure around there. And Cycle Park was one of the places that was created on the back of this fabulous cycling venue, uh, a road road circuit, obviously free of traffic, uh, mountain bike trails. They've now got a permanent cyclocross trail there. Uh, they've got a you know, really good BMX track. They've got kind of kids areas. So yeah, it's a fantastic place. And if, I've been, I've been, in fact, I'm chair of the trustees. I've been there since 2015 and we've had our highs and lows, but we were really on a, on a big rise. I think we got things sorted out there. So it was really becoming mm. quite successful on a sound financial footing. And then COVID came along, and we had to close it down. And when the when the chief exec Simon, you know, we have spoken on the phone, and you know, he just said, "Look, we're going to have to close." And you know, I think that was a really, you know, after mm-hmm. after everything that we've all been through to set it all up. And of yeah. course, at that point, we, you're kind of thinking, "Well, what's going to happen?" You know, we don't we don't know. Mm-hmm. But but luckily, and fortunately, because the team and because of the the whole you know, all, all, Simon, all the staff, uh, volunteers there 
the trustees would all work really hard to get it into a sound place. So financially, we're really strong and we've mm. been able to survive it. So actually, it's turning into a bit of a good <laughs> a plus story, although it was a real low to have to to close oh, it down. It then yeah. got, we then reopened it gradually and it's now still open. We keep having to change the way that the operations are going there but it's still open yeah. it's still thriving and and we're going to end not only are we going to end up at the end of the year having kept it open for most of the year and kept you know enabled people to still get cycling in that fabulous venue we're going to actually end up with a small profit as well unbelievably given everything Imagine, that's gone up yeah. so um, yeah. yeah from low to high with that one so uh, so what's your real yeah. of the year then foggy oh, the, real, the real downer for me this year is losing my job so, um, and it's cycling related because obviously I work in the industry um, and the, the, it's just, again, it's, it's, you know, it is what it is. It's funding related with, with uh, um, not as much funding going into the national sports bodies uh, simply because of the COVID issue. A lot of the, the trusts, the gaming trusts and the local community trusts that fund sports often in New Zealand are struggling as well for income. So, so there's a, there's a, so the, my jobs have actually been uh, made redundant. Um, the, the upside to it was they gave me uh, 12 weeks notice which is good just because I've been with them um, for nearly 10 years so so that's been uh, I must admit pretty pretty big downer for me in terms of uh, it's not so much the fact that you, I'm losing the job it's the fact that it's the, the type of job I'm losing because mm. it's it, it, to me it was a busman's holiday you know it was a it's a, it's a passion of mine being in cycling and, and having a pinnacle job within cycle you know cycle sport um, and, and the cycling industry was was fantastic. So it was, that's, that that hit that hit me pretty hard in the gut. Um, but but there's some upsides to it, um, which I'll mention when we get to the um, to the highs. But uh, certainly, uh, yeah, I'm just about through the the miserable uh, feelings, I guess, of, of losing a job. And you know, look around, and there's a lot a lot of people in a lot worse positions than I am. So yeah, yeah, it's tough. It's really tough, isn't it? And I. I I think the the best you can do in that sort of situation is to is to think about the positives, isn't it? Or, and, and, oh, definitely, and, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And and think about Sorry. yeah, you are however bad it feels. Generally, there's a, there's you know it's not as bad. Other people have got it worse. Oh, of course they have. I, yeah. I, you know, at the end of the day, it's just a job. So I think for me, it was more of a kick in the gut because it was a passion. I yeah. mean, a lot a lot of people do jobs that they don't like. You know. Um, and I've been lucky for the last 10 years doing a job that I've absolutely loved um, so that's I think probably uh, hurt more you know because of that but then you, you sit back and you think well actually yeah you know it's been good it's been a great 10 years and, and it'll help you know launch into other things so, yeah. yeah and I know you're a very you're a, you've got the entrepreneurial spirit haven't you Foggy so I'm sure you're working on Not at ideas <laughs> You'll have, you'll have lots of plans. Um, uh, yeah. yeah. So Got the fingers in pies. Yeah. So the audience is growing. So if there's anyone out there in New Zealand uh, or around the world who wants to help Foggy um, with, uh, <laughs> with with career, what career number would this be, Foggy? What are you on now? Five or six? Oh, something like that? Not that many careers. No, yeah. it's a, yeah, probably probably about number four, I think. Number four. Yeah. Uh, then, yeah, just message him. I'm sure he'd be delighted to hear from you. So my so my um, my law is is um, the, those people out there who are triggered by cyclists, and I have no. I, yeah. I I have to say that in the lockdown here. And, and post lockdown, 
more 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 drivers are um, the, the kind of standard of driving around cyclists has gone up. I would say generally, and and people are more considerate and give you a bit more space than they did before. But there is a small yeah. there is a small minority of people who would would frankly rather kill you than than give way to you. And, I, and what was what, what was what really brought it to like? Because I'm I suppose I'm quite used to it because I go out and most rides that I go on, someone will close past me, so they'll drive just drive past me, you know, mm. just about knocking me off the bike. And I've been lucky; I've not I've not been knocked off, but I've known a few a few people that have. And and most of that is just is just ignorance. It's not it's it, it, it's it's people who are who are not thinking. But occasionally you get people who are actually just who want to run you off the road. But when when um. When schools went back here, uh, when you know, lockdown was being eased, my son uh, and I decided that we would we would cycle into school. So I would I would ride in with him. He was in his last year at primary school, and it's about three miles or so. Most of it on country lanes, but a little bit on a on a busier road. And um, we it didn't happen every day, but quite often we would get close past the two of us. Um, so somebody would come. There's a, not a narrow road, but narrowish road. So somebody, somebody driving towards us, and somebody would just come straight down, you know, um, and re- really close. And I can think, you know, this is my. This is not just me. It's my like 11 year old mm-hmm. son. But there was there was one one time that I did it, where it was one time that it happened. So somebody close past me, and I, you know, I looked back because I could hear that there was something behind me as well. So I looked back and I just, I did that kind of gesture of, did you see that? You know, can you believe that happened? Anyway, there's these two guys, I'm not going to, I'll get into trouble if I get too descriptive. These two guys, not the brightest shillings now on earth. And they were, you know, the gestures that were coming at, at, at me and yeah. peeping the horn and revving and getting, you know, practically on my back wheel, you know, because I'd been close past, and and you know, uh, anyway, so so that so that's my my law is that it's the yeah. those the people that are that are triggered, the drivers that are triggered by cyclists, all these the little groups of people around the cities who objects really strongly to bike lanes. Um, there's mm-hmm. the minority of people that that are, um, anyway. So they, that's my law because they seem to have got louder and and and. Um, more annoying over the last year. Yeah, I don't think that's unique um, to the to the UK. We have that sort of problem here as well. Probably not the same intensity, but we definitely have that um, as a bit of an issue. I actually got a, um, a Facebook page shut down um, through our New Zealand Transport Agency. Um, they, they managed to get it shut down because there was a bunch of uh, drivers had set this page up saying there was some. It was hate stuff. It was all about hating cyclists. But this is how this is how intelligent they were. They would post photographs of themselves um, with their trucks behind them, with the names of the company owners on the trucks and stuff like that. So it, it was, you know, these were individuals. They weren't the truck. The, they weren't the companies themselves that were doing it. It was just individuals. So that's how bright they were. So it was easy to track them. It was easy to, to, to you know, to get them shut down. So we got that. So it's just incredible. It just it's beyond me why why people are like that. You know, why why would what triggers it? Is it a dislike of Lycra or is it a dislike of, you know, the, the, the ability for somebody to stay be out in the outdoors and be fit? I just don't know. I've no idea what it is. No, I, I, I don't get it. I don't get it at all. They have, they have this uh, this campaign that some police forces, not all Kent police are, are not very good at it, but other, other police forces, uh, 
are where they where they basically put a policeman out on a bike and yeah, with a cam- with the yeah. camera front and back and yeah. on the radio and if um if they get close past there's a patrol car you know 100 yeah, yeah, 200 yards up around the corner or whatever yeah. um and they pull the guys in and and if it usually it's just a education have you did you realize what you did if it's more serious yeah. then they will actually um give a you know whatever it is that they do prosecute or whatever but i saw i saw footage of of one the other day and it was real like i wish i'd seen it where the the, the policeman on his bike was passed by a pickup truck and there's a guy hanging out the, the window giving him the finger swearing at this policeman and you know then not bright a few seconds later <laughs> there they are you know i just yeah, wish, I'd, wish i'd been yeah pulled over and um oh yeah. I, I just wish i'd been it reminds me of a time actually when i was when i was driving uh coming back home actually one evening and um came to a set of traffic lights there's a kind of narrow it was kind of one-way tunnel under a railway bridge here with traffic lights either side so i came to the traffic lights because the red stopped anyway the guy behind me was just overtook me and went straight through and then a few seconds later police car appeared with lights on yeah. and um yeah stopped a few you know 100 yards down the road so that was a great that was a moment of great pleasure yeah, yeah, you like that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, digress somewhat um, uh, with that. So let, let's move. Let's move to the highs now. Uh, so, yeah, starting with number three high for you, Foggy. Yeah, so number three, I, I, yeah, we had obviously had the um, the issue with uh, travel restrictions and stuff. But just before we got locked down in April, um, well, it was sort of to the end of last year and then beginning of this year, I secured a contract with um, New Zealand Police to deliver their training. Um, on for their e-bike patrols, if they've decided to put a trial together to see if they can um, do it, because it's a national police force here to, to to get the thing right across New Zealand in terms of the, the cities and having e-bikes out on patrol. Um, and it was a, a conversation between somebody else and somebody else in the police that, that mentioned my name because I'd done it before and was involved in the educational piece here in cycling. And the next thing was. They were knocking on my door asking if I could put the thing together for them. So that was a massive high for me in terms of uh, being able to assist there to get it together. Um, and one of the things I loved about it was that that I, there are other people that can put packages together, but there wasn't. There wasn't. Yeah, my fear was that somebody would put a package together that just wasn't fit for purpose. Um, you know, in the style of riding that they need, the, the, the patrol techniques, the you know how, how to operate e-bikes with all the gear and all this kind of stuff. So, um, so I've loved that. That's been a great project. It's it's still ongoing. Um, you know, still dipping my toe into that uh, on occasions to help them out. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, fantastic. Is that something you think you could be able to keep going? After well, I've got uh, yeah, just sort of. I guess one of the. Um, uh, the offshoots of that is I've started building a, a project which I'm just trying to get some funding for to to trial it, but um, uh, to extend that patrol theme into other areas. So um, there's a sort of volunteer patrols like you have up in Scotland at the Seven mm. Stains project and, um, you know, even the likes of the St. John Ambulance and um, Fire and Emergency. So just to big, build a bigger sort of broader umbrella of patrolling um, and I've started building that in the background. I just need to find somebody that's that's willing to stump up some cash to to trial a thing, um, get it off the ground. So yeah, there is there is legs to it definitely. And, and with all the compliance things that you've got these days, such as you know WorkSafe, health and safety, all those sort of different things that come into it in New Zealand these days, which are 
we're kind of 15, 20 years behind the uh, the UK on this, but we're certainly starting to impact now. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah so that's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. No, that's excellent. Um, so, so mine is that in the summer, we actually got, got out of the UK for a few weeks, went over to Italy or to... Uh, to Piedmont in Italy, which is near kind of inland from Genoa, near Asti, Alba, um, not far from kind of between Turin and, and Milan. And it was just just beautiful there. I think I've talked about it in previous podcasts. I uh, went out on some fantastic rides out there. And it's just a lot, maybe not that different from, from where you are, actually. It's just everywhere there's vineyards, just yeah. mile after mile of vineyards and these beautiful rolling hills and they're not they're not big they're not mountains it's just it's just hilly you got some bigger climbs of 15 20 25 minute climbs to get up and then on the top of pretty much every hill there seems to be this castle you know village medieval village with a castle or a cathedral on top of it so it's just just absolutely beautiful and the roads are generally in good condition pretty quiet wide the drivers are really respectful. I didn't off the. I don't know. I did a lot of cycling when I was out there there for over two weeks, and didn't have any any hassle, any problem. No no close passing. No absolutely nothing. Admittedly, what they what they do there is that they give loads of space for the overtaking cyclists, but they just go into the other lane and to hell with the cars that are coming yeah. towards them. So, I don't know if you're a, if you're another driver, you might not feel the same way about it from a, but from a cyclist perspective, and just the That's whole fantastic. the whole culture out there, very just very laid very laid back, very friendly. And loads of cafes and little bars, and uh, you know you can stop off and and my my don't really speak any Italian and English isn't widely spoken there, but this is kind of language of, <laughs> of friendliness and people being helpful. It's yeah. just a absolutely beautiful, delightful place to go. I bumped into some other people from the UK that go out there every year for the same reasons, just that it's it's mm. you know a beautiful part of the world and it's quiet and it's and it's really friendly. So yeah, that that's. That's one of my highs of the year. Cool. Yeah. Very cool. So what's your number two? So, yeah, I think it's probably um, is on uh, off the back of uh, uh, seeing that the national sports body are not get, you know, struggling to be involved with grassroots and, and recreational riding. And I, I like helping people um, to enjoy their riding. And I've, I've been quite successful with a, another little project of setting up um, a Facebook group called Recreational Riders NZ. We're, we're heading up to 1.8K membership now. But the, 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 it's not about, not as much about um, the numbers there. I mean, we're, still, we're reaching right across from the top of the North Island to the bottom of the South. But it's it's the way, what I really enjoyed about it is that the, my vision for it was that it would be a helpful resource. It would be a positive resource. It's a free resource at the moment, and it would. It's. It's. I don't want any of the advocacy stuff or negative stuff or sport-related stuff in there. It's all about you know helping people to enjoy um, recreational riding, whatever that form might be, whether it's gravel bikes, road bikes, mountain bikes, e-bikes. You know, it doesn't matter. Um, and we're having some pretty good success with that in terms of the sharing and the. Um, uh, you know, the, the the information being passed there. So I've been really pleased. That's a bit of a high for me, really, in terms of seeing how the, the engagement's been um, and, and the, the feedback that's coming back, the people, there is obviously a need for it, which is what's really 
driven me now is to to carry it on is to is seeing the the need that, that, you know for, for that engagement yeah yeah that yeah that's an excellent one i just that's that whole sense of people people turning to cycling to you know turn, turning to some yeah. form of activity like cycling in particular and, and just looking for support oh, and, and resources yes yeah. it's really helpful so remind us if, if, if people want to look that up at foggy where would they go yeah it's called it's called rec, yeah recreational riders nz it's on facebook but you, you, the membership is actually at the moment it's only for uh, people who live in new zealand okay we, we've got a couple of people that have hooked in from australia but they're moving back to new zealand so it's if the if the message comes through on the joining questions that they're they're moving back to New Zealand, then we'll allow them in. It's just we, I'm, okay. I'm just very cautious of keeping the spammers out, um, yeah. so that's why I've, I, I even approve all of the posts that come through. Um, but have a look at it um, and see what you think. It's it's um, it, it, because of the growth in cycling in New Zealand. It, it was there's a need for it, and the growth yeah. of you know there's people not really understanding, um, you know, some of the bits about bike skill or you know the educational side so yeah, yeah. excellent well my, mine's, a, mine's a little bit similar which is seeing seeing so many people get out on their bikes and during yeah. the lockdown here and it was incredible I, I i went out for one bike ride um yeah i went out with one of the um, mates here and um and finn my son and his son as well so we went we went out and we're out in this country road, which is not not far from where where we live. And on this on the, on the, this ride that we did on this country road, it was just full of cyclists of you know, both directions, um, families, you know, just people out themselves. I remember seeing this this group of three women who you just couldn't possibly would have imagined would have gone out on bikes before before lockdown. Yeah. Um, and there was some runners going up and down there as well. And it was so, it, it actually, it, it, it got to that threshold where um, the cars couldn't, they could drive through, but they had, they were forced to drive slowly and really carefully down that road because yeah. of the sheer number yeah. of people. So it got over that threshold of actually the road was now occupied by people as opposed to yeah. owned by cars. Yeah. Just, and I've not experienced yeah. that very often, but that, that, that was... That was that. That was one. So the whole the whole thing about one of the you know the silver linings of of the whole COVID experience is that it's it's encouraged more people to get out there on their bikes or oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and go and do it. And what I, I I don't know the the hard data, but anecdotally, what I would say is that a good proportion of them are continuing to do it. Um, so of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. De- de- definitely. And around here, over a weekend, there are just so many people out on their bikes. And it's not just men like us, Foggy. You know, it's it's all sorts of people that are out there. Um, although obviously men like us predominate, but there's still a good, you know, there's a good mix of people that are out there on their bikes doing it, which is great to see. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we're seeing lots of families, uh, yeah. you know, take because they did, you know, when they were locked down together as a bubble, they they, had, they did start cycling together and they stayed with it. Yeah, yeah. So, what's your number one? Mm. I think the number one's got to be the fact that we, we were able to eventually move house. Um, we, we, we were supposed to move house before uh, the New Zealand lockdown and then everything got put back. And then eventually we were able to join t- uh, what we had as level three. Um, it, we were allowed to move. We were able to complete our sale and purchase and move to Alexandra. And I think that's got to be the highlight for this year, simply for the fact that we moved to 
um, this area, this region, where for us, the, the you know, with our gravel riding at the moment and the enjoyment of that, the trail network is phenomenal, mm. and we have you know um, access only a couple of hours in each direction to to more and more and more um, off road riding. Um, there's mountain bike parks here. There are you know, so if you want the real technical mountain bike stuff, there are quiet roads if you want the road riding, and and of course there's the for us is the the off road trail. Uh, uh, you know, environment. So I think that's got to be the highlight that we actually made, made it here eventually in May. Um, so we've been here what, nearly six, well, six months we've been here now. So that's been, that's been a great one. Yeah. Yeah. And it is amazing around where you are. I, I, you've posted quite a few of your rides up on the, on the group with lots of photographs. And I just, uh, yeah, to have that right on your doorstep, all these different, uh, different routes and different modes of cycling that you can use. Yeah. is just, just amazing. Yeah, we feel very lucky to, to do that. But the, I have another sort of um, philosophy as well, is you, you actually create your own destiny. And, you know, I'm, I've been big on that for, for many years. You, you know, you what you do in life will, will echo on, uh, which is, a, you know, and um, you, if you want to do something like emigrate, do it. You know, if you want to do, you know, move house to get to near as a way you want to have more leisure and pleasure because life's too short. You know, yeah. you need to get out and do it. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely agree with that. So my mine is it's a, maybe a bit similar to to your second one, which is actually the whole Galanac Master Cycling, uh, oh, and, yeah, and what, what's ha- what's happened with that because those who don't know the you know where it where it came from that kind of over the over the summer and into the autumn, I just had this idea about creating a community of cyclists who are fifty years or older around the world almost as an antidote to everything that was going on in the world as borders had closed down and it was so difficult to travel. And and obviously we've, you know, I, we're not going to get into politics particularly, but, you know, with um, what's been going on in the States and Brexit here in the UK and yeah. uh, anyway, everything that's going on kind of felt that it would become further apart physically or it's more difficult to kind of connect in person. But um, but with technology, you can bring people together. So yeah, yeah, I I yeah, I was doing I, I was doing a bit of work, um, quite a big bit of work, and it came to an end one Friday evening, and I was like, that's that's done, that project is finished, and this idea that had been here just like popped out the front of my head. So I just quickly you know put together a Facebook page and created the group, and you know lo and behold, here we are. That, that was just at the beginning. I think that was just, when was that? Beginning of, I can't even remember when it was now. Um, beginning of October, I think it was. Yeah, October the 3rd or something like that, I seem to remember. Right. So that's, mm-hmm. yeah, not even three months later and we've got you know a big group, you know, hundreds in the group, 600 and something in the group and 4,000 followers on the Facebook page. We've done 10 podcasts, um, you know, got a website, done all sorts of stuff helping hopefully helping people to get back out on their bikes and enjoy it more yeah very cool you've, you've done you know some really brilliant stuff helping you know tips about how to how to get a bit more skillful how to enjoy it more as well so yeah that's i think that's definitely my high of the year oh definitely i i you know i, I was i've been a pleasure to be part of it um because again it's 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 helping people you know it's helping people to enjoy cycling which is which is key. Uh, I quite like the feel of the fact that we've got a group here. They're all our age group, you know, sort of our generations, which gives you that, you know, gives you that synergy and, um, 
you know, if you haven't got the generation gaps of your like in terms of wants and needs, it's generally reasonably similar. Yeah, I, I, I was, cool. yeah, it, it is. I, I, I suppose it's it, it's when you start these things, you don't really know what you're, what you're getting into and what you how it's going to turn out. But I think the pro, the, the most the most amazing thing for me, and I was chatting to somebody about this the other day because they were asking me about it and asking me what you know why why I thought it worked, and I it's because we've got if you look at the group, we've got people from. The UK, Ireland, Canada, States, lot in South Africa, Australia, New Zealand, Switzerland, you know, so you've got you've genuinely got a global group of group group of people. Um, the majority are men, but it's about seventy five percent male, twenty five percent female. Um, there's a lot, you know, people post up the rides. There's a lot of people that are on road bikes, but there's people on trail bikes. There's people on mountain bikes. There's people just on hybrids, whatever. They're, they're you know they're posting stuff out. So there's a if you look at that from a from a cycling perspective, it's a it, there's a lot of different types of cyclists there. You know there's guys, um, you know, quite like ourselves probably who have been cycling you know a long time and are pretty serious about it. And then and then you've got people that have come into it in the last few years. Um, and we all have something in common. We have a common bond between us. And I was thinking that. You know, there's guys, I know there's a couple of guys in Ireland who used to be racers who are in the group and you've got, um, you know, then then you've got Neil Smith in Johannesburg in South Africa, who's just come into the last five years on a, on a you know, she's a woman, you know, with grandchildren um, and uh, in, in South Africa. And you think if we can bring people like that to get together and find a common theme, that's got to be a good thing, hasn't it? Oh, definitely. Yeah, you've yeah. done a great job on it, mate. It's it's been uh, it's been fantastic to be part of it. So this is maybe a focus for next year. Let's try and even up the uh, the numbers in terms of the male female split. I, yeah. I I would really yeah I I would really like to get to do something about getting more encouraging more older women to get on bikes because I think it, yeah. I think for most men it's a bit of a barrier, but you're not you 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 get on with it and you you do it. I think you know from speaking to to women who've done it, I think it's more challenging. And if we can find a way of helping helping them around the world to be able to do it, so I think that is the one of the focuses that we're going to give to next yeah, year is next year. is to work even yeah. harder on how do we how do we help people to get out on their bikes and stay on their bikes regardless of who they are, yeah. where they are, what sort of bikes they ride, and where they ride them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Fabulous. Okay, so thank you for your part in that, Foggy. I know you 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 were one of the first people to contact oh, yeah. contact me, and remember getting a message from you. And this is in the, this is only in about day. I don't know. It was in the first week, wasn't it? It was about day three <laughs> yeah. or day oh, four. It was half or an hour after you launched it. Yeah, but it was probably was. But it was, <laughs> and I thought I can't believe I've had this message from this guy in New Zealand um, already. And you know what what yeah. what have I started here? Anyway, here we are now, um, and a lot more to come in twenty twenty one. Oh, definitely. Um, yeah. So let's um, let let's just um, wrap up. Start to wrap up now, and just just share what our individually what our favourite rides have been over the over the last year. You go first. I think, I think. Yeah, I've got. I'll give you my key key one that is stand. This is a real standout for me, which we did in January. Was a is a, a one of the great rides here called the Alps to Ocean, and it's three hundred kilometres, and you can break it up into how many segments you want. There's there's a you know, generally, if you're using one of the tour companies, it's four or six days. You can do it whichever way you want to do it. And we did it nice and leisurely over six days. Um, so that was, a, I think, for me, the highlight of this year in terms of a, a cycle trip, a cycle tour, um, a, a ride on some 
just stunning, magical scenery. Um, and we've revisited it again recently to do some sections which have re, which have been redone. So yeah, that's an that's the outstanding one for me. I think. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. I, I think I've said as, as we've talked about when um, when the opportunity arises again, we can start to travel the world. Then I think uh, getting out to Europe, part of the world, fog is definitely right right at the top of my uh, my list of yeah. places because it just sounds like a complete cycling dream out there oh it is i'm a bit of a i'm slightly biased of course but um yeah definitely a bit of a mecca for it yeah well i mean as i said a little while ago i i had some fabulous rides when i was out in italy and i hadn't hadn't been there before so it was kind of it was new but i'm 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 going to choose something a bit closer to home for me actually is properly home because it's where i was born which is in edinburgh so I, i was up in edinburgh in the in the summer of course yeah summer in edinburgh is kind of a you know loosely speaking <laughs> but I, I uh, so I, I I'd hired a, a road bike from one of the, the bike shops there and met up with an old um, friend who I'd not seen for quite a few years but he he he's into cycling now and he he he'd, um, he cycles in a group so he brought me into this group and we, we um, so I, I I've been staying at my mum his mum lives pretty much in the centre of Edinburgh so cycled out through there Met these guys in a place called Kirkliston, which is not far from the Fourth Bridge, if you know that part of the world. Cycled over the old Fourth Road Bridge because they built a new Fourth Road Bridge now. So the old Fourth Road right. Bridge is just used for buses, I think, on the um, right. on the main part of it. And then they've got cycle lanes on, on either side of it. So we cycled over there, which is amazing. It's been years. I, I cycled over it quite a few times when I was a teenager. Um, but I think that I think that might be the first time that I've cycled over it since then. So talking about wow. yeah, thirty-five years or so hmm. uh, since I've last cycled over it, and it is it, it is you can take these things for granted. But that view as you look over to the old Fourth Rail Bridge, if you know the if you know hmm. the the shape of that, and the kind I've of crossed it once, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, and you can see Edinburgh in the distance, and you can look the the other way and and um, see up the Fourth towards. Um, I was going to say toward, towards uh, the um, Grangemouth, which is not exactly a great, great, <laughs> great scenery. But, but you're kind of overall fantastic spectacle over, over the bridge. Went into Fife, cycled around Fife, came back, came back again, back into Edinburgh. And if, when did you come back into Edinburgh from that route? There's a few bits of road where you're just you're kind of a, a little bit high up, and you can see over a lot of Edinburgh and all you can see then is the castle the kind of castle sits over the top of Edinburgh and then Arthur's seat in Salisbury Crag sits just behind it and it's just from a mm. from a I know I know we've we've seen some fantastic pictures and fantastic mountains and all sorts of visages and so on from the from the people that post the stuff up on the group but I think that for me because I'm from Edinburgh and lived so many years in Edinburgh just yeah. that view which I can picture in my mind just now of the castle and and after sea as we're cycling back into is just uh just fabulous so I think that's going to be my yeah. my, my most memorable ride of 2020 I and mean, it's been a strange year because I've not done anything like the, the mm. amount of um I've done I've done a lot of cycling in terms of distance mm. but I've not done the travel and and yeah. the various places that I would normally have done. But that, yeah, that's my favourite. Excellent. Okay, so just yeah. in, the last, in the last few minutes of the podcast, I'm just going to pick out who is our rider of the year for 2020. 
and we've not done this regularly, which is entirely down to down entirely my fault, down to me. But we've can, often had a ride of the week. We've picked out somebody who has done something pretty memorable, posted up a ride, whatever it is, done something that um, that stood out, and uh, we've highlighted them and and given them a big thumbs up for that. And um, so what I've done uh, today is I've just gone back over the the contributions that people have made since we've created the Facebook group and. Facebook gives you all this data about um, how much people have contributed. So I was able to look at who are our biggest contributors on the Gal- Galanac Master Cycling group. Um, and that's a combination of posting there about comments to other people's posts or putting likes in there. So the top three in reverse order are Mark, um, Mark Bartley, uh, who lives in Derbyshire, in England and in the UK and and Mark's made a big contribution he didn't come in right at the start of it so you know he's 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 made a big contribution in a relatively short space of time and and posts up a lot of really good stuff about the rides that he does he he lives in a a great part of the world for short steep climbs around Derbyshire around um, uh, the hills Mm -hmm. around there there's some famous climbs in there as well so he's up and down them quite frequently as far as i can see and so well done mark and thanks for contributing and the number two is joanne neri who if memory serves is from los angeles originally and seems to from what i can gather seems to have lived in a few places around the world and i think lives in manchester now in the uk and um so she she has She's one of these people that is always writing really positive, encouraging stuff. So I see a lot of of Joanne's comments, yes. and and they're they're from the f- fabulous. So somebody who I think encapsulates the spirit of what we're trying to do of su- you know, supporting each other and um, giving giving people a good you know positive pat on the back when they've when they've done yep. stuff. So thanks for that, Joanne. You've done a lot of that over the last few months uh, so really appreciate that and our top contributor our, our rider of the year is John Matten who lives in in Switzerland and up until quite recently John posted a pre- not quite daily but certainly several times a week the rides that he does around Switzerland and you know they are spectacular and he's a good photographer as well yeah. so he, he puts up some brilliant pictures there of the rides that he's done um I think with winter there now he's doing a bit less of that. Obviously, he's not so enthusiastic about taking pictures of the of his turbo <laughs> trainer, which is entirely <laughs> understandable. And um, but he's yeah. still but he's still contributing. He's still commenting. He's still giving likes. He's he's one. He's actually when when I put something up on the on the group, it's usually John who's the first one to like it or make a comment about it. Um, so he's <laughs> you know, he's, he's one of our. Yeah. Well, he is our top contributor. So thanks, thank you, John. Thank you for that. Really appreciate well done, it. Yeah. Um, but thanks to everyone um, this year. Thanks because I think we've, we've all contributed to the success of Galanac Master Cycling. It's been a fabulous yeah, year, definitely. fabulous experience, and and uh, yeah, really excited about things that we're going to do in 2021. And we're going to have a chat about that, Foggy. Um, yeah, soon. tomorrow. Um, yeah. yeah. So um, yeah. we'll talk about things that we can do. But any, but anyone listening to the podcast, watching the live streaming of this, if you've got ideas about what we can do, just message us. We'd love to hear from you. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think that Excellent. I think that draws us to a close. Foggy, any final thoughts before we before no, we? No, I just uh, wish everyone a, a have a good Christmas and a great new year, and hopefully um, twenty twenty one will be better for everybody with a bit of luck. Um, and then we'll come up with some plans uh, to, to 
to help you improve your cycling. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay. Thanks, Foggy, and Merry Christmas. Happy New Year to everyone. <laughs>